McShane, day 118. And we're starting in Numbers 5. And I was just going to point to the first thing. He talks about unclean people. So particularly, you know, leprous, leprosy was a big one. And, but any, there, there are different things, and they have to be put out. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me think of when, uh, you know, Jesus and, and Paul talk about putting someone out of the congregation mm-hmm. uh, because they just refuse to go God's way. Right, mm-hmm. um, so the, there there's a format there. When if if someone is bringing the congregation down to the lowest common denominator mm-hmm. because they refuse to go God's way, mm-hmm. then you know God has <coughs> God has established that that's not good. That His people must <coughs> be pure and holy. Mm-hmm. Now this doesn't mean that every every new believer needs to live to the standards of a mature son of God, right? It just means that their heart, and they have to desire to learn of these ways and grow in these ways. And if not, the leader has to determine, is this person good for the health of our body? Seek, seeking the Lord. Lord, what, does this, should this person be allowed to be here? Okay, this is Psalm 39, and Weston thinks this is like what? Ecclesiastes. Yeah, and it's true that it, David here has just a powerful understanding from the Lord. I, I like this psalm about where we stand in the grand theme of things in our, our earthly body. In verse 4, he says, O Lord, make me know my end, and what is the measure of my days? Let me know how fleeting I am. So he's basically saying, Make me fully aware. That eternity is long and this life is short. And this life is simply a preparation for eternity. And therefore, help me act accordingly in the few years that I have. In 6 and 7, he says, Surely a man goes about as a shadow. Surely for nothing they are in turmoil. Man heaps up wealth and does not know who will gather. And now, O Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. So it's just, we go around with these different ideas. We want to accomplish something. We want to do something. We're, we're thinking in earthly ways. And in the end, it's of no matter. So he says, Lord, I hope in you teach me the right way to go, that I don't fall into the trap that most people are falling into. Mm-hmm. See, we were just talking about uh, off when we weren't recording, kind of what's the difference between different time periods and what's going on in the, mm-hmm. in the world today. And, but that's, it's a similar, it's, that's always been true in the history of humanity, right? Mm -hmm. In verse 12, hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Hold not your peace to my tears. For I am a sojourner with you, a guest like all my fathers. Look away from me that I may smile again before I depart and am no more. So he's understanding the impermanence of life. He, he's understanding he's simply a traveler in this time. You know, time is a something created by God. And he's understanding in this earth will be rolled up and a new earth will come, right? So the earth we're in will be rolled up. That's impermanent. The time that we're trapped in is impermanent. And David has awareness of this. He says, I'm simply traveling through this existence. Help me to be aware of eternity that I walk with you, Lord.
And then we're moving on to Song of Solomon 3. And it this ends with the majesty of Solomon, right? He's got this amazing carriage. He's got 60 armored men uh, escorting him. And so everyone's impressed with the wealth and the honor of the king. But it begins with the bride desperately seeking him out. And once she grabs him, not letting go, right? So that's us grabbing hold of Christ and not stopping there, but grabbing hold of him, making ourselves one with him, right? So we are completely one with him. That's the desire of the bride's heart. And that that's the way for us to live, that we are completely one with Christ, one with God. We're going to end in Hebrews 3, and I'll start with verses 5 and 6. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house, if indeed we hold fast as our confidence and our boasting in our hope. So we, Moses he said he did a great thing. He, you know, he, he, he worked diligently, faithfully in God's house as a servant. But something new has come. God is building a new house of flesh and blood, not one of stone, mm. right? And Jesus is the builder of this. He is the son in the house. He is the one that makes this house even possible. And he has full stewardship and authority over the house, mm -hmm. right? So it's far greater than any law written on stone or paper, right? He says, when the people Israel were invited into the promised land, they refused to enter the rest. I would tell you most of Christianity and, and me in some aspects of my life, um, although, you know, the Lord has done a, a mighty work in me and he's doing a mighty work in others. But many refuse to enter the rest where we completely depend on God in all things. Where we, I think it was Oswald Chambers' word from yesterday that I was reading this morning. There's a great word about this. Um, but he just talks about if we hold out from God and we say, yes, I believe that, but... And then you have your little explanation. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't really believe in it. You, you might believe in it in your mind. But in your life, you don't have the fullness of that life in you. When you add your own but to it, when you add your own rationality, explanation, why in this circumstance that doesn't really apply, you haven't really abandoned yourself to Christ. You've kind of created your own mixture, right? And that's, that's the reality of religion throughout time, is that we mix in the truth of God with our own ways, the ways that Satan gets us to kind of go off track. So that we continue to live a worldly life instead of living the fullness of the kingdom. God says, enter my rest. He offered them the promised land. He offered them to be a people that were completely at one with him. But they didn't go up the mountain, right? They didn't. When he offered them the promised land at first, they were afraid to take it. So yes, we want the promised land, but there's giants there. God said, I didn't tell you to worry about giants. I said, take the promised land. Well, it's the same thing for us. He is bringing about his kingdom. He is bringing about his family on earth so that all creation can know his glory. 
And he needs a people that will say yes. Not yes, but. But yes, I believe. Yes, I want this. And yes, I will give you everything for this. I want to be a part of you. And I trust that even though this means I will go through difficulties, it will be far better for me than anything else Mm -hmm. that I could come up with. Right? I trust Mm -hmm. you in that, God. And that is what he's doing. So if we trust him, we believe him, we seek him, with our heart, our mind, our soul, and all our strength, he will do this in ways that go beyond our imagination. We will be so filled with joy and peace while still going through difficulties. Mm-hmm. Because we, it's unity with him. It's the bride and the bridegroom that we saw in Song of Solomon, right? It's complete, perfect unity with God of all eternity, right? That's what he's doing, and that's his promise to us. And that's all I have for today. God bless you. God bless you.